You're listening to the sweet, soothing sounds of Vanilla Fudge singing the moderately terrifying song, You Can't Do That, by the Beatles, who I hate. My name is Dan. I love those pesky lads. Also, I am terrified by this song. My name is Josh. (laughs) Yeah. This song... This is how this song should be performed. Like a kind of a, a just a violence. Like of, you can of, you of, can of picture the like Andrew Lloyd Webber character like the chest open and like, <laughs> like sure pulls up in like a decorative van. It's like yeah, this is this is like before Judas like turns on Jesus. Like yeah, fuck you, Jesus. Oh yeah, who's this? Vanilla fudge. What is vanilla fudge? I don't know. Well, it's something that you don't expect because usually fudge is chocolate. See, that's why it's clever. That's a clever. This is improv name, improv team name, maybe. <laughs> this is that weird like seventies, weird seventies thing that like I don't know if it's seventies or not. I'm guessing seventies, where it's just like clearly just like. Van fucking, you know, like yeah. it's, just, it's just. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you, Vanilla Fudge, for thank sending you, Vanilla that Fudge. in. Shout out. He's one of our listeners, <laughs> Mr. Fudge, uh, Mr. Fudge, yeah, uh, V Fudge. Um, as my co-host uh, stated before, this is uh, well. He stated that his name was Dan, and mm-hmm. he hates the Beatles. And this your is, name is Josh, and you Josh, love the Beatles. This is Dan Hates the Beatles, the yes. podcast. Yes. Um, soon to be the movie. Soon to be the movie. Uh, we have arrived at uh, Rubber Soul, mm. and I think we're going to stick with... We've been kind of jumping around. Well, we kind of mixing and matching albums. I think we're going to just dedicate this episode just to Rubber Soul. Um Viewed sort of a, as a landmark type of first of many landmark type of records for the Beatles, it signified sort of a change at least back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking, I'm pretty sure that I had a Rubber Soul T-shirt in high school. I know my sister owned a copy of Rubber Soul. Yeah, and I think that's the only Beatles that she had. Yeah. Um. Her name is Michelle, so you can. Mm. I, don't, I don't know that there's a direct connection, mm. but I think there is. I mean, it's there's a non-zero chance. So, from a Rolling Stone uh, article, um, they're talking about Rubber Soul, the album where the Beatles became the Beatles, according to Rolling Stone. Here, it says it was the most out there music they'd ever made, but also their warmest, friendliest, and most emotionally direct. Hmm. Uh, as soon as it was dropped in 65, Rubber Soul cut the story of pop music in half. We're all living in the future this album invented. How do you feel about that sentence? Time does exist in that way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that I can't a, argue with yeah, Matthew McConaughey, you, you, who is you now... You can't argue with the logic of, of that. Time moves, yeah. and it's linear um, in this reality. Um, perhaps. Uh, now as then, every pop, pop artist wants to make a Rubber Soul of their own. Finally, we took over the studio, John Lennon told Rolling Stone's Jan S. Wenner in 1970. In the early days, we had to take what we were given. We didn't know how you could get more bass. We were learning the technique on Rubber Soul. We were more precise about making the album, that's all, and we took over the cover and everything. Yeah, it, hey. you know, they learned some tricks. That's cool. Hey. 
I was, uh, in listening to some of this, I was trying to take them down for not invent, not coming up with the technique of overdubbing the vocals, but I'll mm. give them credit for that. They okay. did that and kind of, you know, in a very, well, you'll hear. Yeah. <laughs> the, the album cover, um, like I said, I had a t-shirt. This was on the t-shirt. I mean, it's, but it's nothing to kind of write home about. It's just, it looks f- like for mop tops looking at, it looks like what I am Like if I take away the fact that I know that these are the Beatles uh-huh. and I know that rubber soul is, an album by the Beatles. And if you told me, if you asked me what do you think the cover of a vanilla fudge album would look like, it would look it like is, that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's It's got like the cool, funky, groovy lettering going on. Right. But it, it also looks like if these four mop tops, like weren't the Beatles, they're just four guys who took you out and to like the woods into the woods to, and like yeah. killed you yeah and then like, that's you, what that's the last thing you then, would see and then you look up and yeah this is what you see yep. like john's looking at you like yep, yeah i'm um, about to you, bury you i told you george is like looking out for the cops george just wants to go somewhere <laughs> yeah um anyway yeah, that, pretty, that pretty much sums up the dynamic of the yeah. band <laughs> <laughs> they all have their place yes um it's the sixth studio album Mm-hmm. Uh, often referred as to as a folk rock type of album. Um, what I read, and I'm actually doing a little bit of research, just tiny bit of research here, um, because I did, I did actually think this through, and I thought if I am actually going to give the Beatles a fair chance, which I actually am, this is just, this is just how I am. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I would engage with them. At least a little bit on the trivia side, just, which is how I listen to the music that I I do like. Yeah. So this felt like kind of the right album to do that because I've known all all along. This is if I do start to like the Beatles, this is probably where it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Or around here. Well, there you go. Um. Uh, according to one wikipedia.org uh Beatles drew inspiration from soul music. Right, that's what I didn't get to when I <laughs> when I started to make that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the uh the the blue blue-eyed soul is what they referred to as the critics and then this they made this one and they're like fuck it, let's just own it and called it rubber soul, which I I think is a good move. Yeah. Well, tell you what, how about we strap in and uh, just dive right in? Let's do it. Let's start with track number one from Rubber Soul, and that is Drive My Car. So catchy. It is catchy. I almost know what you're going to say before you say it. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? I want to know. Without uh, without making me a cartoonish dick like last time. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll treat you with the respect <laughs> and the grace that you deserve. Okay. You would say, <laughs> My name's Dan. Okay, yes. And, uh... <laughs> I don't like the wordy words in this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you would probably bash on the lyrics 
Okay, so what would you think I would say positive about this? I don't know. Well, I know what I would say is is the uh, well maybe something about the production and there's a nice little guitar. Yeah, no, the production on. is a lot. It's it sounds finally like they figured out how to make the knobs work. Yeah. And I mean that as a compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, I can hear the overdubbing of the vocals. That's a very nice effect. It covers up a lot of flaws that any singer has. Mm. Um, the sort of side effect of that that can happen, that doesn't really happen a lot here, but it can happen, is it can make the voice sound like synthetic sometimes. And yeah. that only happens a few times in this album. And to be fair, I think it's, they just hadn't really mastered that technique yet. Sure. Um, I do think that the way this song was likely written was they were just like, Hey, did you know that star and, and car rhyme? <laughs> and then <laughs> I, could work, write, I could write a song about work that. backwards from there. But yeah. I really, I mean, it really does feel reverse engineered and, I can really do without the beep, 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 yeah. Beep, hey. I mean, it's it's fun. It's, you know, like, I get it. For the time, it's fine. And I can imagine people listening to this as the opening track who are used to, like, uh, the other subpar Beatles fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. And the, that track comes on, and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I like. I feel like they're here or whatever. And, like, you know, you got some tambourine. You got, like, it's got a full instrumentation. But it's... <laughs> so, this is a person who is talking about her future or their future and wanting to be a star or something. And then, oh, by the way, you can drive my car. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Like... Well, she's, she's basically like being a little a little snooty, sassy, like, I'm going to make it big, baby. Oh, but you can drive my car. I, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, that's, I, that's sure. what's going on. Just, she's, I, she's, she's being a little... Uh, it's not in it. Look, it, it's... Oh, no, this is where I, I'm silly. probably going to stand on a lot of these. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, offended by this. Yeah. Until you tell me that I'm supposed to find this to be, like, important. That's Which that, I'm not telling. I know you. you're not. Again, yeah. I, I'm. That's my that argument. I don't have with you, but yeah. I do with the world to the yeah. extent that, like, I've even we've actually started publishing these since you know pretty recently. Yeah, and I've told people about this podcast, and they 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 look at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like it's that like like I'm a monster. Like, I, what do you mean you don't like the Beatles? Why don't you like the Beatles? We live in a world with fucking, tell, tell them and listen to the podcast, Beatles privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like they're the, it's the only thing I've ever encountered. That's like that, where it's just like, well, but it's how, how is you're not allowed to not think that this music that I think is wonderful, mm-hmm. isn't wonderful. And yeah. it's like, well, okay. I'm glad that you have these nice memories of when you were introduced to the Beatles, but I don't have those. So it's not universal to me. Like, yeah. it's the same thing as if I were to like play Brian Eno's on land album, which I think is a brilliant, it's ambient as shit, but like, I think it's brilliant. It has so much depth to it. Like if I were to play that for somebody and if they were to go, it's boring, I don't like it. Like, how am I not allowed to like, question them for not liking that music when 
it's completely normal for people to question me for not liking the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Fucking Beatles privilege. Damn, God. Yes. Sit down. You've been standing up this entire time. And furthermore, (laughs) I expect people to show up to the ballot box and tear that shit down and write me in and Marianne Faithful. Williamson. Williamson. God, you brought your own soapbox just for this rant? Yes. Well, you could be, all right, brought I, several several other boxes. Really commit to the bit. It's like a baby. Russian nesting doll. Um, let me offer you this uh, from one author and critic, Kenneth Womack, who describes his lyrics as being loaded with sexual in, innuendo, and he says that the female protagonist challenged the gendered expectations of a mid nineteen sixties pop audience, as in every woman with ego and a clear agenda. Mm. How about that, my no, friend? I certainly hope that theme sticks around for the entire album. So it sounds like it sounds like <laughs> you're getting ahead of us. Sorry, sorry, sounds sorry, like sorry. You you hate women and you want them to be in the kitchen. That's what that's what you that's what you're saying. Um, and this woman has a clear agenda, and it bugs you deep down. Sh- no, um, um, um. <laughs> You, I would like to ask where in the Mueller report that is stated. Why are you sweating? What page? <laughs> okay. What paragraph? We're gonna go on. That's a uh, yeah. It's a fine. It's a it's a decent song. It is. I, I I'll, you and it's know, not too long. It's not too long. Yeah, very catchy. Not one of my favorite Beatles songs. You know, not much substance there. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, what are you gonna do? It's 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 a catchy song. Uh, we'll go on to the next one, which is entitled Norwegian Wood. Mm. Parentheses. God damn it. This bird has has flown. I'm gonna let you know I love this song and I there's a look on your face. This song hurts me. She wants that. Isn't it good? So this song tells a story, and I know I've been asking for the Beatles to do that. Yes, and I you've appreciate been, they that. Finally, they finally do what you've been yearning and for. It has a it it paints a picture in paints. terms of like you know it, there's a cinematic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's something I find especially insulting about a thing when it's like otherwise very, very good. And then they do something like introduce a sitar (laughs) and they don't even play it like a sitar. They play it like it's just a guitar. And I'm sure that, again, people that listened to this in 1965 and had no idea what a fucking sitar was. Uh-huh. And yeah, I might be pronouncing it wrong. Whatever. Just keep yelling at your fucking phone. Um, Settle down, Dan. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I was going to become more obnoxious. Um, <laughs> so I understand that it's a new sound for some people at this time, but... I don't hear any over the sitar is not it's not a guitar it's it's a stringed instrument but like the reason why you play a sitar is for like all the overtones that hum in the actual instrument itself 
Like yeah. that's that's part of the point. Yeah. And here it, it may as well just be a wacky banjo. And like it's it's interesting that they did that and I think it's it's cute that George Harrison decided to learn how to play this instrument, but why don't you get Ravi Shankar or whatever the, however you pronounce his name, keep yelling at the phone. Um why don't you just get him in the studio? And say, here, let's mic you up. You're going to contribute to this. Instead of, like, George saying, like, hey, look, I can, it's, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a parlor trick in this song. So, you have a real strong beef with them using the sitar inappropriately. In the way that they use it. When they have access to, like, a master at the instrument. Well, how do you know they have such easy access to this guy? He learned how to play the instrument from this guy. Okay. So, but, <laughs> but, so he, shouldn't they get some credit for that? They, he went to the source sure, and yeah. this guy signed off on him or, or he, he at least taught them. And he, so he learned from the best. Yeah. And so, I mean. So you could bring in the best who actually knows how to play this instrument that you, this guy probably, George Harrison most likely just learned how to play this instrument. Yeah. And, why use it if you're not going to have the instrument and be the instrument? Well, why not? I mean, they're they're being experimental. Can you give them a little thing for being? I mean, like this is Orientalism, and I forgot to bring in that essay that I wanted to bring in. Probably glad that I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't bring any essays into this it podcast. It was short. Studio. It was short. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I sort of get your, I, I or I I understand what your beef is. I, I'm, I'm not sure how valid your beef is. Because it's it's, I'm giving them credit for, because you say maybe this is the first time. So I'm probably the first time that ninety percent of the people who heard this album heard a sitar. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's like, hey, but, man, the, they're, but they're not actually hearing the sitar as a sitar. They're hearing it as like, uh, it's it's like a, a flavor that may as well be a guitar. Yeah, you know, and well, that's true. I mean, they didn't make a full Indian music album here. But, I'm not saying that they that they need to do that either. Yeah. I bet, like, if you're gonna use an instrument use an instrument the way the instrument is like meant to sound okay you know like that and I, they don't i'm not saying that they have like a responsibility to do that i just think it would be way more interesting mm. and i think it would be it would make for a better song if you're going to use that that voice to actually use the voice mm. instead of just saying like oh here's this wacky thing that you've never heard before mm. here's a guitar that sounds like a spring you yeah. know I really like this song. It's a, otherwise, it's a very good song, and that's why it bothers me so much. Yeah, because uh, I could even hear the like the the overtones of a like not actually. I can't hear it in this song, but in my mind, I can actually hear what that might sound like, and it would fit completely. Okay, and it would make the song richer, even. Yeah, it's a good song, but they 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 don't do themselves any favors and. By the way, this the sitar doesn't return again in this entire album. So mm-hmm. it really is just like a it's a novelty in this song. Yeah. And I get at the time, I completely get how, you know, it's hey, the Beatles used this thing. I I get that. That's fine. And I, I'm not even offended by I don't know. It, it's my friend Derek refers to You're this, offended by something. Well, it, it I'm offended by the the lack of improper use by this thing that they supposedly know how to play. Mm. 
and they have they they have access to somebody who's a master at this instrument. Like all it takes is just change the person who's playing it, and it's problem solved. Okay. All right. What do you, um. <sighs> <laughs> I get your. I mean, I get what you're saying, except that I just think it's okay. But I'm I'm not as as big as a a, a hardcore musician or a stickler for musical te- like the technical side of it. You know, I can like I can envision as well like them being like, well, we don't know how to really play this, but we sort of do. But it's a really cool instrument. It's like, is, yeah, there, is there a way to put this in there? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we can put it in. They do it. And it's just like, oh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, you know, some people can make a helicopter out of their dick. You know, like you don't, it's who cares? Like it's, it, that's, it's just a, it's, <laughs> apparently you care, Dan. You're very passionate about this. You can't say who care after giving a 10 minute soliloquy about but, caring so much. <laughs> but here's this, you're playing this instrument, right? And like, I'm just imagining George Harrison, he's playing this instrument and like he's got to hear with his ears he's got with just how we all hear mm-hmm. he's got to hear, hear with my heart <laughs> like there's this buzzy like uh um i forgot the Tingy. word that i was using uh the tinny the, no the shit tingly uh overtones. overtones there's like this buzzy overtone thing that just like washes through the entire instrument as you play it yeah and like that's that's what that's 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 part of the instrument and i can't imagine him playing it and going like, yeah, we don't need that part. We don't need to focus on the part that's like essential to the instrument itself. Oh, so there's a part that the sitar can also do, and you're angry that they left it out. Yeah, so like the, I'm here's my problem is I'm going into this assuming that you know what a sitar is supposed to sound like, which is wrong of me. Um, there's How dare you. <laughs> there's this this nice hum of overtones that that the the instrument produces because mm-hmm. it has extra strings inside of it like it's supposed to do this and by not including that you're not playing the fucking sitar you're just saying look, i think look i think what, what we i can need do here I, I think I'm a world traveler i'm fucking george harrison i think what we need here is is a little bit of role play for you to get to get some healing going on because right. obviously you're very bothered so i'm gonna i'm gonna play the role of george and you play the role of you okay all right, and just talk to me how you would want to just ask the questions and say the things you want to say, and, we'll, okay. and maybe the healing process can be in. Okay. 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 Hello, Dan. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Oh, my God. Are you a zombie? No, man. You look terrible. <laughs> oh, that's should I look how I look. <laughs> so you've been, you're like almost entirely a comical skeleton now. I was told this was going to be about my sitar, not about my looks, man. I, But I can't ignore this. This is a dead person speaking uh, I, to I, me. I, I heard you have this problem. This you, is you, gruesome. You, you can't get past this, little details. This is more gruesome than you're playing the sitar on that one song. What do you Norwegian mean? Wood. Oh, yeah. I played the sitar on that. Didn't you like it? Sort of. Barely. I mean, I want to hear... Where did you mic that thing? Oh, you know, I, I mic'd it on the, the, the tar part of the sitar. The, the guitar part? No, the tar. The tar part. Oh, yeah. okay. You know it's not a guitar, right? What? That thing's not a fuck. It's, it's, it's not like they replaced a couple letters and it's, it's, like, well, a, it's like a wacky Oh, of course guitar. I know it's not a guitar. It's a sitar. I, I learned right. it from the, uh, the right. man himself. Yeah, Ravi. Ravi. Shankrila. Yes. <laughs> yes, him. Yeah. What, was he not available? Like, what... Well, I guess we could have asked him, but you know, you could have. He, he's not in the Beatles. We're the Beatles, right? But he plays this instrument way better than you do. 
Oh yeah, but it's not uh, you know it's not a featured instrument. It's just uh, just kind of a, a part of the the whole uh, played, musical uh, orchestration. It's played after every fucking verse. Yeah, and it it plays the melody. It plays the melody after every melody. It's a featured element. Dan, can I tell you something? <sighs> Do you have to put your arm around me? It's not your fault, mate. Okay, was it Ringo? It's not your fault, mate. What? I'm giving you a hug. Oh, this is weird. I love you. Uh, now I must go back to the other side. Okay. Please rate and subscribe. Oh. <laughs> How was that? Did that make you more angry or less angry? It made it 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 made the anger that I kind of always feel like <clears throat> muted. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think this song's about, by the way? Do you know what this song's about? I don't know. Some kind of fucking forest. No, it's... Uh, well, he once had a girl. Mm-hmm. Or sh- should we say she once had... Well, you say um, it paints a picture. What's the picture that you're getting? Um, Sincerely. Campbell's... Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I actually... he. I guess it's about some actress lady that... Like, he was dating or something. And they didn't. They went to the woods. And <laughs> Lennon said he wrote Norwegian Wood about an extramarital. Oh, no, is this Lennon? Yeah. Oh shit! He wrote it about an extramarital affair, and then he worded the narrative to hide the truth from his wife Cynthia. He's not a good person. The lyrics sketch a failed meeting between the singer and a mysterious girl, where she goes to bed and he sleeps in the bath. Blah blah blah. Um, in retaliation from the girl's aloofness, the singer decides to burn down her pine-paneled home. The you didn't, fuck is wrong with that guy? <laughs> you didn't... I thought I was getting this crossed with another one. I think it was probably a Paul, Paul McCartney one. John Lennon is a... So, Islet to Fire, uh, Isn't It Good, Norwegian Wood. Hey, burns a place down. So, uh, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, that Norwegian Wood is like... I, a code or something it's like it's meant to like cover up the phrase and knowing she would yeah I, I don't know if that's true or what relevance it has but i think it's basically yeah he's, he's talking about his uh, he had an affair and he's he wrote, he wrote a song about it how are we de- how is anyone defending this person <laughs> well i don't i don't know anybody defends him like as a human being it's just no more, people do people yeah. like i'll be honest i don't know much about I know you've brought it up about him um, uh, beating his wife. I don't really know much about. I haven't done my own research. I, I believe you. I'm sure he. It's, it's documented. Like he's he's even he's said that it's happened. Like it's there's it's not it's not like a Russia collusion. Who knows kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like he did this. Yeah. And he was like emotionally abusive to at least Julian. This is not a good person. And I really didn't think that I would end up like going into this place with mm-hmm. the Beatles, but they fucking got me there. <laughs> like, how... What? How do you... Dan, sit down! I get, You're I standing like, on your soapbox again. I just... <clears throat> this guy... This guy is so f- up his own ass, it's insane. Like, it, it, like oh, the whole peace and love thing, yeah, it's a great idea, but then, like... How... How... How is... How does Chris Brown still have a career? <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's a good point because um, I often, you know, think I can't believe Chris Brown has a career, but uh, little did I know that 
John Lennon apparently was kind of the same thing. It's like it, I really didn't know about his wife beating. It, uh, if we're I, at least not until recently, I I'm a fan. I don't know if I'm a fan of Walt Disney, like, but I appreciate Disney parks. You don't know if you're a fan of Walt Disney, my friend. You are. Fr- I mean, but not of like the guy. Like the dude was highly flawed. I like right. his creative process. The same thing with you know. With, I guess that's. that's but it, like at the same time, like at least with Disney, they're acknowledging that Song of the South is at least a little bit racist. Yeah. You know, like, but these fucking Beatles fans, and yes, keep yelling at your phone. I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Nobody's listening except for my mom and... And, Audrey, and Audrey, maybe. My, maybe my sister. Just kidding. We have twenty thousand <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, it, 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 it enrages me that like there, there's this, like, you, people are still falling for John Lennon bullshit. They're still like, there's still ima- imagine shit everywhere. Like, hmm. there's posters of this man up in like classrooms because of the because he's. Apparently, he's light, laid in a bed for a while oh, for peace. Fuck him. Like, seriously, what a piece of shit. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you to do something very difficult, which is just we got to compartmentalize that part and move on just for the sake of this episode. Imagine a world where John Lennon is not a piece of shit. Uh... <laughs> um, do you want to listen to You Won't See Me? Because I'm, I'm going to skip that if you don't. Uh, it's fine. I don't. I don't need it. Well, it's an okay song. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, let's just play a little bit of it. Yeah. When I, call you up, I do find it interesting that this song comes after the song about burning down your girlfriend's house. You won't. I'll slip off into the night. You won't see me. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This song is when I realized, when I was listening to this album for this very uh, episode. Yeah. When the background vocals, the ooh, la, 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 when I, I heard that and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what irritates me about the Beatles. It's just very samey. And it's not like a horrible musical choice. Mm-hmm. I just, it, my ear hears that and goes, oh, whatever, fuck that. Because the, the la, 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 and the ooh, they rely on it a lot. It's kind of just the same type of backing vocals all the fucking time. And I like the doubling of the vocals in the front. That's great. Mm-hmm. It, only makes them sound like a robot a little bit, but again, it's not his fault. They're learning how to do this, and people come out, come along later and use the effect in an intentionally like strange way. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. So, okay, they introduced that technique, and great point point for the Beatles. But I, it's just, it's just, this is just. It's that. It's this. It's just. It's like. It's like saying to somebody, "Hey, you really have to try wearing denim. Like you, 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 you don't know what you're missing. Go on. You need to really try wearing denim. I'm listening. <laughs> and then you finally put it on. You're like, yeah, this is kind of what I thought it would be. Amazing. <laughs> 
Is that what you're saying? No, it's just it's just the I I knew what that was going to be like by looking at it. You won't see me. Yeah, you it's, won't see me. Honestly, I was going to skip this one, but I kind of like it. It's it, it, honestly, it is not a bad song. It's just this isn't my taste. Okay, All you right. know, but I mean, like it's. I'm going to stop it. Whatever. Let's move on before you have an aneurysm over there. It might happen. Take, take a breath. It might Dan. happen. God, I haven't, you, you, you haven't been this fired up all, all season long. Man, rubber Soul's definitely doing something to you. By the way, fine people LaCroix want to sponsor us. Yeah, well, I just have a nice cold LaCroix, LaCroix, rating for Daniel. Um, I honestly believe if it wasn't for that LaCroix, then you would really fly off the hinges. I think it's keeping you in check a little I, bit. I might, I might actually like light a cabin on fire or something. Only a crazy man would do that. <laughs> and that man is John Lennon. Oh, God. Man, sitting in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans. Just, just listen for just for 20 seconds. Don't speak. Don't, don't make noises. <laughs> Shut up. Listen to the song. Dead. <laughs> I, was, I just want you to listen so you get more annoyed. La la la. Uh, God damn. Well, I, I, you're, you're getting triggered by the la la la's, which you know really are kind of it's harmless. It's just an overuse. That's all. It, that's it's an overreal. And I get like, I <laughs> just this fucking la 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 right there. I, I the la, guitar la. solo is fine. It's the I this song's terrible. <laughs> what what in particular about the song don't don't you like? I don't know. I don't like the song. Yeah. It just sort of me wrong and so hazy. Singing Look, melodies you don't like. These motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm. I. Generation X. Uh, generation to take, fucking baby boomer. Take, I'm take a sip my of the LaCroix. Damn mind. Take a sip of the LaCroix. This is not. I'm not faking. <laughs> sip your LaCroix. <laughs> there you go. Take that medicine, baby boy. I had no idea this would turn into a science experiment. <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. So we're gonna fade out on this song. Uh, okay. Not one of my favorites. No, it's not. F- not even close. It's garbage. <laughs> I can see how it would be annoying. It's so fucking irritating. And apparently, John Lennon's actually being introspective here about like how he's a piece of shit. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so I like it on that level. It's it's an it's an, an aesthetic. That I fucking hate, and I I'm I'm aware that they're probably doing the vocals really loose because it's like when you're hallucinating or something. I don't know. Maybe if I had taken LSD at some point, which mm-hmm. I'm not like anti that in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the whole like blurry lines and everything, man, would like make me go, yeah, that's fucking cool. But like the 
again, the problem is with the culture and I, these fucking hippies, they, they're, they're currently ruining our country. <laughs> they, Dan, they, you've come here tonight they, on a mission. They, they, I see now you have some sort of agenda. I think we're getting to the bottom of it. Fucking hate them. <laughs> what hippies are you talking about? So there are no hippies anymore. Uh, <laughs> Not any real ones. Well, I don't. The the whole idea of the like peace and love and hippie shit. Totally, totally on board with that. But obviously, you're the, a man of peace and a man of love, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I've proven nothing but that. Poster here. boy, yeah. Um, but <laughs> but the aesthetic around it is so fucking trash. Like it. Eh, it's terrible and flower power etc et it, it, it's it's the it's been reduced to a fucking t-shirt too like it, th- this this song is part of the the whole introduction of hippie aesthetic like that i i can't forgive it it's hey it, you know the rules dan we gotta we gotta be in the dyson vacuum when we're listening to these songs you bring in too much outside influence yeah, I don't know that. Lennon recalled that Nowhere Man came to him fully formed one night at his home in Surrey. Because I'm a genius. After he had struggled to write anything for several hours, the song reflects the existential concerns raised by his experiences with LSD. Uh, and like I'm a loser and help, his self-loathing. Uh, During a time he later called his Fat Elvis period. <laughs> I love that. I love uh, that. Uh, it was the first Beatles song to completely avoid boy girl relationships. Hey, good. Hey, good. good. That's, that's been a, that's a thorn in your side for absolutely nigh on four episodes. And I want to make it clear: my problem with this song is mainly aesthetic. Like that's it's, how it sounds. It's just it, I, if, and for the song it is, and for the time it is, it probably should sound like that. But I can. I I sort of concur with how it sounds. Like it is kind of an annoying like like it's. But let me let me point something out to you, my my friend, because I think we have a breakthrough here. Yeah, this is the first time. This is the first time that you have reacted so harshly to just what you call aesthetic, which is just the musicality, the the sound, the melodies. Which is, yeah, just like which, which goes to show up to this point, all of the other stuff has been like good to you musically, and your beef has always been with the lyrics. And now this is the first time where they actually write something that's not about the lyric or not about like right. boy girl whatever shit yeah. that, you, that you hate. Yeah, and it's and and but you're you're you can't get past it because of the sound. So I think you right. can see that up until this point, the aesthetics have been not just fine, but maybe even there hasn't been an aesthetic. It's just been here's a guitar, here's a bass, here's a drum, here's someone singing. It's just it's just been that's called music, very basic. Yeah, right. But like. This is when they start adding the extra stuff, and I like that they're adding. I like that they're doing that. Yeah, I just don't like what they do with it. Mm. You know, like it's just it is literally just not my taste, and that should be okay. Mm. Okay, we're gonna move on. You know, I I thought we might not do every song, but uh, at this point, we're just doing every song. So, f it, YOLO. Yeah. One thing I want you to do, Dan. So think for yourself. Some nice guitar right up the top, I, I think. I would just like to encourage everybody out there who loves the Beatles to approach people who don't fucking worship these people 
and maybe even just flat don't like them and say to them, do what you want to do. Just like your goddamn heroes. I don't know. Maybe take a message or two to heart. Are you even listening to the song no, at this point? No, <laughs> I already did before. This is a fine song. It's it's just, this is, I I like the harm. Okay, here we go. I like the harmonies. I think it's cool that they have a drum kit and they have a tambourine and the lyrics are kind of nice because it's getting into political stuff and picks up there I I just say something nice first about the Beatles and then about yourself (laughs) um I think that they probably would also enjoy a can of the class. Um, of course they would. And about myself? Yeah. I'm thinking for myself. Just like the Beatles told you to Just do. Just like the Beatles have... Yeah, no. It's... The song's fine. It's just hard... It's hard for me to listen to a song by the Beatles in a world that I've identified as... Possessing Beatles privilege, saying "think for yourself" and promoting individual thought. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, in in the scenario where we explode and have like thousands of listeners, possibly me not tens of thousands, me not oh, just showering the song with nothing but praise. Is gonna and would enrage statistically at least one person. Stop thinking about possible consequences. Just focus on the music. It's it's fine. It, it's okay. it's okay. Okay, it's, well, there it's, you go. It's there's, it, but <laughs> what what the book "Feeling Good" by Doctor I don't know what his name is says. What you're doing right now is called. That's James Brown. Um, what is it called? Uh, crystal ball thinking where you're like you're 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 predicting what 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 outcome may i'm I'm gonna give you that book it has so many cognitive distortions that are i I think you're displaying all 10 of them today tonight because you are just you're on a tear my friend you're you're angry at the world and you're angry at yourself i'm 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 fine with oh a lot of things okay (laughs) i guess i misread that uh can i interest you in hearing uh the word my friend the good word of Jesus even better the fab four say the word and you'll be free say the word and you'll be free you like me in his book uh, 1965 the year modern Britain was born Bray who's some author writes that the word marks the start of the Beatles high psychedelic period uh, Lennon's exhortation that the word is love anticipates the ethos behind the counterculture's 1960 oh shit I shouldn't have brought that up the counterculture no honestly this this is one song where everything kind of comes together in a solid enough way that I can divorce it from all that bullshit mmm mentioned James Brown 
McDonald, again, I don't know who this is, recognizes the distant influence of Wilson Pickett's In the Midnight Hour and James Brown's Papa Got a Brand New Bag on the song's rhythm and highlights stars drumming for its feast of eccentric backwards fills and McCartney's dexterous bass playing. Dexterous? Dexterous? Like Dexter? Yeah. I don't... This is... This is an okay, this is an okay song. It's 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 fine. It's I fine. enjoy this song. I would probably not listen to it on my own, but if it came on, say like a Pandora situation, I wouldn't like wouldn't throw it, the phone out of the window. You wouldn't and, skip it. You might listen to. I, it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mm, yeah, I probably wouldn't skip it. Yeah. Did you hear that? I just heard a crack. The walls around your heart. That I won't. That I won't skip a song that's three minutes long. <laughs> the walls are cracking. Sure. Can you feel it? Oh, there's an organ. Oh no! I got mad at them for this when I heard it. You mad? That's <laughs> the Dan I know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Fuck that organ. Like, it, but it's short enough that I can deal with it but i think it comes back again are they not are they not playing it correctly no but it's just you, it's just like they're just mash their elbows down on the fucking thing that's which all, that's all, is all probably the effect look i understand though if you happen to be yelling at your phone about this i understand that that organ kind of does the same thing that brian eno does in Early Roxy music, so I yeah, that's I what, understand that, that all of our fans are definitely Brian Eno junkies they, and are definitely are yelling will at you be for this right after now. This <laughs> that's exactly no. I'm just saying, like in an alternate universe, nobody's alternate universe, saying, nobody's making that comparison, <laughs> my <you>. friend. <laughs> nobody listens to Danny. Though. I'm just saying, in all in an alternate universe where I'm listening to this very podcast and uh, I do actually like the Beatles and I know anything about Brian Eno, yeah. I would be yelling right at myself saying you motherfucker you're criticizing this song for the very same thing that this man who you've said is your hero adds to roxy music so i acknowledge that okay i'm gonna be you in alternate universe go ahead (laughs) (laughs) okay hold on hold on hello i'm zombie george harrison Get out here, George. I want to talk to Dan. I want to talk to Dan. Mm. Uh, all right. Dan, uh, you're <laughs> arguing that the Beatles using the organ for the same thing yeah. that Brian that's Eno uses. And that's fine. I, I recognize that... What's your defense, man? I, I recognize that I am associating the, the color of the sound of that organ to those fucking hippies and where Brian Eno... Did the same thing with like just radio static, and I'm more okay with that. I basically I'm 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 not being fair by letting that organ get to me. Yeah, man. So I'm able to recognize it as just a moment in the song that does what it's intended to do. It's just using an instrument that I associate with those dirty fucking hippies. Mm. All right, I got to go back to my universe. <laughs> Do more okay. meditation. Good luck. <laughs> you think this meditates? <laughs> um, and 
there, since the song is the word, which has some religious overtones, and the, it's about it's, there's a spiritual kind of through line. Mm-hmm. It, it sort of makes sense also to to play the organ, which is also often found in a church. Sure, why not? Right? So yeah. that was that could be a scene as a choice. Sure, that's I respect yeah. that. No, I mean I smart. Smart. <laughs> Smart. While I do react to the organ in that way, I do have to admit that it is because of the associations that I have with it in other scenarios. Mm. And the song is good enough that I'm able to do that. I'm able to forgive it of its sins, just like the good Lord. And you'll be free. It's a catchy little tune, huh? It's a good song. I think we're going to rename this podcast, Dan Brings His Baggage. (laughs) (laughs) How about just Dan's fucking objective? (laughs) We're going on to the next song. (laughs) This is one of my favorites. I wasn't raised on this shit. That's the thing. Like, I completely get it if, like, someone... Who's who has a relationship with the like a personal relationship with the Beatles music? They should, they absolutely should love this music. I get it. That's not me. There are things to love about it. I understand that, but like I want to address like people who might be just like I don't know in their car recording themselves listening to this podcast, for example. (laughs) Like I want like if you actually have a personal like relationship with the Beatles, Jesus, with, with well, basically, and and you love them, mm-hmm. great. I think that's fantastic. That's how music should work. You should have a personal relationship with your music. I mean, in our first episode, we got into that. They're not doing anything wrong. My problem is with the people who are just casual, like, what do you mean you don't like the Beatles? Everyone likes the Beatles. And, and it's, it's just, they're just following fucking instructions. And that's, that's, that's how we get the world that we live in now. <laughs> it is just people going like, is it? It, it really is. <laughs> Well, I uh, so in the Feeling Good book, we call this uh, black and white thinking, uh, which is <laughs> er, things are either this way or the other way. The right. pe- people like me who are in the gray, who I don't have a personal labor sh- relationship with the Beatles, and I also am not just following orders because I, I just happen to hear them. And like I told you before, I think in the first episode, like I was against the Beatles before I really ever really dived into them just because like, oh, that's old people music. And I was yeah. a little snotty tween. Um but then I actually heard it, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually really good." So there's people like that who sure. are just yeah, and that's fine. But then, like at the same time, like it, I, I should be able to not like the Beatles. You are, and you're in a safe space. <laughs> I know, but you are outside, allowed to, out out there in the bad world, the, world, the scary world. I have to explain this to people, and I they shouldn't fucking care. That's I, don't, the, I, I don't think they really do. Maybe they just no halfway care. Well, listen, and this this is a safe space, okay? And this is a there's no judgment here, all right? Okay. So just I, your your right. your knuckles are white from holding onto that baggage so tight, Dan. You're just squeezing the handles of that Samsonite baggage. Just let it go, my friend. Just let it go. Let also, it Samsonite, if you'd like to sponsor a podcast, sponsor. do they still make stuff? I think so. The next song is one of my favorite Beatles songs, I would say. Um, let's just let's just jump right into it. It's called Michelle. Michelle. 
très bien ensemble. They're speaking French. Yeah. There's some nice guitar work. It's it's a fine song. It's got it's, a it's, it's got a very like I, I think bohemian when I when I this I, song can has. I, can I be just a douchebag right now? Right I now. Can, <laughs> <laughs> I can smell the cigarette smoke at the Parisian cafe. Yes. That this song yes. is set in. I'm wearing a fucking beret. Yes. I love that. Hell yeah. Get some croissants with croissant. The egg and a cafe egg and sausage in it. It's a cafe. Oh, I'm going to drink some liquor. I really like this song. Got some nice. I would love it if like every hardcore Beatles fan was totally okay with this podcast, but the French were fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you did not insult us. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can get my mom on the phone. I want to find out okay. if my sister was named after I also have a sister named Michelle. Right? Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, Michelle was conceived by McCartney in the late 1950s. Your sister was conceived by McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, during a writing session for Rubber Soul, Lennon added a new middle eight, part of which was taken from Nina Simone's recent cover of Put a Spell on You. Um... It's another example of a comedy song approach. A comedy? Oh, like a musical comedy? I guess. Uh, McDonald, I don't know who this McDonald person is, identifies the song as another Ronald example McDonald. of the Beatles comedy song approach, which in a contemporary interview, McCartney had suggested was a possible new direction for the group. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Understand. I don't know. I'm not going to put my mom under pressure like that. I, I <laughs> you decided against it. I just I I I'll talk to her and I'll see if she wants to do the the question and answer about whether or not my sister was named after the song. My hunch is that it she wasn't. But yeah, what do you think of the song? Uh, it's it's a it's a fine song. It, it's uh it's a good like. I, I want to. It's. I feel like it's like a music. That's why I keep. I don't get the comedy thing. It's maybe I. And maybe I'm not listening to the. Maybe they just find French inherently funny. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they talked about the, about it earlier in this Wikipedia page. I don't get the comedy thing either. Because um, that kind of makes me like the song less, and I don't know that that's right. Well, let me tell you that it, not. It, it wasn't one of the Beatles who said this. This is this McDonald character who I I, I, don't, I don't I don't trust this Ronald McDonald character talking about the Beatles music. So let's just pretend. It's Grimace that, who really has the education yeah. on. The so um, I, I let's let's not say that this is a comedy song. So I I can tell you as somebody who has had this song at some in some way around for a very long time because it's always mm-hmm. like on vacations or whatever people will be like oh like the song um in like oh, really yeah and it's um it's a good song it's 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 a solid song and yeah. um sort of a sort of a melancholy to the song right too. and i think that's what i like about it yeah um like i don't need to know what it's about it's just the it it does everything it needs to do to get me interested in the world that the song is making in my own head. Mm-hmm. And that's, spoiler alert, big surprise, that's basically what I want from music, is to someone, for someone to sprinkle just enough of an idea to make me like feel like 
to, to create my own reality around the song. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a good song for that. Yeah. Um, I, I would even say we could put that up there and like, and if we're going to, if, if we can have like an imaginary trophy case of songs where I am able to go like, okay, I get it with this song, but it doesn't drag the Beatles up with them, with, with the song. It was yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And this song, mm-hmm. I think I have no argument about like, this is this is a very good song, and it happens to be made by people who can just crank out fucking songs. Mm-hmm. So like, and a lot of the songs are somewhat samey. So you get really really good stuff, and maybe this is the appeal. I truly don't know. You get really really good stuff in a pile of fucking shit. <laughs> 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 but okay i was playing my own character there uh, but but you know what i mean like you have to you get there are little treasures but you have to search for them mm. and while you're searching for them you have to hear about john lennon burning his fucking girlfriend down you know like it's, it's a metaphor man <laughs> he doesn't want to really burn a place down i wouldn't surprise me if he did okay was there really a man who really sold the world um Yes. Did it really smell like Teen Spirit? Does that have a smell? It does. It has a smell. Like, I don't know. Growing up and being in high school in the 90s, I feel like at that time, smelling like Teen Spirit was like hairspray and like... Aspen cologne? Uh, That's more no, me. It was uh, LA Works hairspray and degree deodorant. Mm. Yeah. Which deodorant do you use now? Currently, I'm a fan of... Oh, God. I've been doing the same stuff for so long. Is it? It's the Arm & Hammer. Mm. Natural. Mm. Fresh flavor. Mm. I tried that one, actually. I'm a fan. I heard of good things about it, but... It's pretty good. It didn't work for me, because I think I just... I, um, I sweat too much, and the stank mm. overpowered the... I'm now like I'm, a, I'm on a natural type of okay, kick, right? Okay. No, no aluminum right, in mine. Right, I think right. Arm and Hammer is pretty good about that. Aluminium, um, al- aluminium. Um, I use Schmitz, hmm. and it's like uh, charcoal and magnesium or something. Damn, sounds nutritious. Yeah, it's good though, and it's I, I, it, it, none of it's an antiperspirant because there's no an, right. there's no anti in this perspiration on these right, pits. So right. I'm gonna sweat no matter what. So See, just, I, I have sensitive pits. Yeah, and so when I find something that doesn't feel like my armpits are on fire, mm-hmm. I stick with that. Yeah, shit. and those motherfucking Trader Joe, that asshole, he stopped so selling. <laughs> Sorry, it's everyone. Potty mouth today. It's explicit on the thing. That's true. <clears throat> um, they they had this wonderful natural cotton deodorant, and it was that shit was amazing, and they. Don't sell anymore. And who do they sell now? Fucking Toms. Toms of Maine, huh? God damn it. Yeah, that doesn't work. The Toms doesn't work for me. I tried that one as well. Trader Joe, if you're listening, please call in. Trader Joe is one of our listeners. <laughs> he goes by Joseph. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel. Um okay. Are we at the end of the first? That was side one. That was side one. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, are then. we? We're about. Are at, we in a second episode? We're, then? At, we're we're at an hour. So um, oh, okay, we'll say that that's the end of this episode. Right. Right. All right, and um, we're going to take a break, and you're going to take a sip of LaCroix, and hopefully the next episode you'll, uh, part two of the side two, you'll be a little bit more... Take a nap. Yeah, take a nap. Maybe... Get my get my binky. A little binky, maybe. <laughs> a nice glass of, glass of warm milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, first half of the album, I'm wondering if it needs to be a two-parter. Like the album itself, like you want two albums. Will it justify? Out of- will it justify being a two-parter? Is what I want to know. What What does justify for those of us who are were not alive in the days of t- two-part albums? Which I was sort of, but they were very prominent, like with side A, side B. Um, um, nowadays, it's just one CD. Right. I I want to to me a really good two album or two disc album is uh, the example that I can't get out of my head is David Sylvian's album Gone to Earth, which the first album is stop right there Dan. You don't have to you don't, you don't have to explain. I and everyone else listening ex- knows exactly what you're talking about. Say no more, my friend. What's that? I'm getting word that there might be one person who's not familiar. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead. For that one person. So, the first, the first disc was um, basically straight-ahead songs um, done in his particular style, which, you know, you've heard him. Mm-hmm. It's a slow, slow build. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second disc is just like experimental instrumental stuff. Like there's a clear delineation of this is that, that is that, but it's made by the same people in the same setting. So like there's, it's, there's a sameness to the overall like thinking behind the music, but it's done differently. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just had a bunch of songs and they just could not edit a single one out. Mm-mm. Not even <laughs> drive my car. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap it up for this episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we'll see you back on for for part two. Are we are we gonna come up with it? Oh no, cliffhanger! We need a cliffhanger. Um, um, when we when we come back for the next episode, Dan is going to reveal something. Uh, what, what can he reveal? Social security number. No, what 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 can he reveal? He's going to reveal something very secretive, very personal. Yeah. When we come back. Come up with something. Bye. Bye.